Welcome to Search Talk Live with search engine optimization and marketing experts, Robert O'Haver and Matt Weber. Powered by the Robert Palmer family of companies. All right. Welcome back to Search Talk Live. I'm your host, Robert O'Haver. Matt is Matt Weber is out doing his Google uh, teaching people how to maximize their their uh, efforts with AdWords or Google Ads anyway. Um, so he will be during the show. But joining me today is Michelle Stinson Ross. How's it going, Michelle? Hello again. It's going really well today. Awesome. Well, welcome. Why don't you tell everybody about yourself? I am the Managing Director of Marketing Operations for an Austin-based agency called Apogee Results. We do full-stack digital marketing, and that's probably enough to be going on. <laughs> okay. Yeah, guys, last week we had a little snafu with our technical issue. We had some technical issues. My computer was messed up, and we, we uh, you know, about 25 minutes of last week's show was not recorded. So those of you that were listening to a bunch of dead air, I hope it was. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> I want to apologize to you and, and let you know that we are all about the production quality of our show. So we want to make sure that everything is working. But because we are a live show, we don't pre-record like everyone else, uh, which is not a bad thing. But we, in fact, we might end up changing it to just search talk <laughs> just kidding but uh, uh so we, we we strive on making our best the quality content the people that that are in the show obviously we have some a great lineup of people uh so please accept my apologies uh we will we are doubling up our recordings so that way we don't have that issue anymore and but anyway on to this onto the show if you are on Twitter, you can go type hashtag search talk live uh, and type in your questions. We're monitoring that if you have questions for our guest. But today is a good friend of mine, uh, Jesse McDonald. He's the global SEO strategist at IBM. Jesse, how is it going? Hey, Robert. How's it going, man? It's good. Good for my end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sounds like it. <laughs> but uh, why don't you tell everyone about yourself? Yeah. Um, so my name is Jesse McDonald. Uh, like Robert said, I'm the or a global SEO strategist with IBM. Uh, before that, uh, worked at a couple of different agencies specializing in local SEO for the majority of my career so far, and then started branching out into more of the e-com, you know, enterprise level stuff. And then that road just kind of naturally brought me to IBM, where I am going on my first full month at, and for uh, legal reasons, I'm obliged to uh, to say that all of my opinions on this show are my own <laughs> and not that of IBM. So now that that is out of the way, uh, <laughs> that's funny. And don't try this at home, kids. No. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Yeah. So, um, I mean, you had a great career. You've you do just like Michelle. You guys travel around doing a lot of speaking mm -hmm. events, um, PubCon, State of Search. Uh, why don't you tell tell us uh, you know what you got going on coming up? Yeah, uh, very fortunate to have been accepted into the, the speaking realm of this industry. Um, so in October, uh, I have PubCon Pro in Las Vegas. Very excited to have been accepted back to that. Uh, it's going to be a very good time. Uh, still not sure on topic yet, but we'll see. And then uh, in November, I have State of Search in Dallas. So kind of hometown show, a little bit of a drive, but close enough. So very excited to be back at, at, at both conferences. I did both last year, and it was an absolute blast. Yeah, it, it is a lot of fun. I would, I mean, you learn, I've been doing this for, what, I don't want to say how many years, quite a long time. <laughs> <laughs> and every time I go to the conference, I always get, you know, nuggets of something that I didn't know or like, hmm, I'm going to try that, you know, those type of things. But, Absolutely. Uh, I've also found that I get a lot of validation on things that I'm trying. Other people are seeing the things that I'm seeing. That makes yeah. me feel good on the direction I'm going in. So that's also something to kind of look out for when you go to conferences. Pro tip, that one's free. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it's for every, it's for every level. I mean, not, not the pro, mm -hmm. obviously, but uh, those shows are, you know, from the beginner to the, to the pro. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
Yeah, so let's get started. Today we're going to talk about one of my favorite topics, obviously SEO. Uh, we're going to be talking local SEO with Jesse. And uh, Jesse, let's dive into it. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, like like Robert was saying, um, we're going to talk a little bit about local SEO. And for me, uh, more of like the technical perspective of SEO has been the thing that's interested me the most. So throughout my career... Uh, I've gravitated more towards the on-page technical, you know, what makes the site tick portion of things. And I've found that once you've, you've done that, you've created something, a, a, a solid foundation to build off of. And without it, you're just working 10 times harder. Yeah, I, I totally, I have to agree with you there. You know, I've got some great use cases where, you know, even not just new sites, but existing sites where, you know, give it a content refresh, um, slap on some, you know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> give, <laughs> give, give it a content refresh, uh, marking it up with schema, you know, making sure the structure, the load time, all that stuff for mobile and everything lays out good and user friendly. Um, I know it sounds easier said than done, but um <laughs> Those things are so important, you know. Absolutely. Um, it, speaking of conferences, it was, uh, it was a few years ago. It was probably PubCon 2016, I believe. Uh, this one, you know, hit me right in the gut. Uh, it was, I believe, it was Bill Hunt's keynote. Uh, he said something to the effect of, and I'm paraphrasing here, something to the effect of, if you don't have a strong foundation of the fundamentals on your site. You don't have squat. He doesn't yep. say squat, but you don't have squat. And I completely agree with that. Um, it's one of those things that I think people overlook. Um, you, you know, you put all this time into building a website and then spending the time optimizing it, but you've got to go back. You've got to go back in there and, you know, recrawl it, look at what errors you might be running into and start addressing those items. So, Jesse, um, mm -hmm. what are some of the particular technical aspects? that need to be tweaked and addressed, particularly for local SEO? So that's where it becomes interesting because it's, it's easy to put local SEO and, you know, enterprise e-com into separate buckets. And while certain things can impact or have a greater impact on one over the other, at the end of the day, it's, it's really about scaling up or down your ideas. So, for example, one thing that I see frequently especially over the last couple of years after, you know, everyone's been doing migrations to HTTPS is that there's still these like leftover internal links pointing to pages that cause redirects. So let's say you have page A pointing to B. Um, both of them are secured on HTTPS, but the link from page A to page B points to the HTTP version that causes more than likely a 301 redirect internally, depending on your system. While that's not necessarily the worst thing in the world, you have an inefficiency in the flow of equity from page to page. And then you're having the secondary level of having to utilize a redirect and hope that that redirect works out for the user. Because if it doesn't, if something happens to it, if it disappears from your file or if it just quits working for whatever reason, because, you know, it's the Internet, things just quit working for no reason, um, then, then you've lost out on a user opportunity. So that's one of the big things that I have seen in my, my few years of very much focusing on the auditing side of things. So making sure that you're, you, you know, you have no broken links, that your, your internal redirects are, are sound. But then on top of that, uh, Robert kind of hinted at this a little bit ago, is making sure that your, your site structure makes sense. What does your topical category flow look like? Is it actually helping you build authority to those subjects that your, your site uh, delivers content on? Or is, do you just have this flat structure, which you can make work in local, but it's not the best situation. It's all about creating a more efficient search experience, I would say. Um, but then from the local perspective, like Robert said, you know, having correct schema formatting on your pages, making sure that you are hitting every check mark that you possibly can 
on the pages that you're working towards. Once, you know, those things are there, then you're giving the best information possible to the search engine so that they, they have a reason to rank you. And then you can start building off of those things. Um, but I mean, from my experience, auditing checklists, no matter the size of the site, are massive. So much that it, it would be several episodes for us to go through it all here. <laughs> what about page speed and mobile friendliness, especially with like local businesses that you actually have to physically go to? For sure. So page speed, definitely. I mean, it's becoming more and more of a, a thing as, as time goes on. Um, yeah. A year or two ago that Google outwardly said that it, that it is a factor in their, their ranking algorithm. So it's definitely something that you want to look into. You want to make sure, because a local site, from my experience, tends to be thrown up pretty quick unless you're going with an agency that's spending the time to build it out with you um, and, you know, writing new content and, and having a design focused team, which one of my first jobs uh, out of college where I was doing SEO, where I got most of my local experience, that was a big part of what we offered. Our team rebuilt pages or rebuilt the site with a design team on board. So it, it, it was firing on all cylinders when being built, but Wait, that's that's very much an ideal situation. What I've seen in the last few years is that you'll get a site that someone like a mom and pop shop around town has said, oh, I've been told that I need a website, so I just need to build something. So they're not they're not well informed. They don't know necessarily that they what they need to do to make the site efficient. And PageSpeed ends up being a big product of, of that quick build process because it does take some level of development skill and know-how to, to go into a site, especially if you're using something like WordPress, yeah. where it's so easy to just find a plugin for every little thing. But then that starts creating issues where you have unnecessary you know, JavaScript added to your site, unnecessary CSS. And being able to go in there and figure out what isn't necessary and is just pulling dead weight, that is that is a huge factor in making a site more efficient. Making your code the most efficient it can be by removing that dead weight and simultaneously figuring out if you can achieve something without utilizing maybe a plugin. Um, I worked on a site last year that... It, they were convinced that the way to put a link in from their body content to another page was to utilize a plugin. Oh dear. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it just added so much extra bulk to their site that once we kind of educated them and said, well, no, this is how you should do it. I mean, leaps and bounds. It, it's small little things like that. Figuring out your, your efficiencies and how your site is operating can be huge. Then you can start looking into, you know, things like code minification, um, removing unnecessary, you know, calls within your, your heading files, um, things like that. And, you know, resizing your images. That's then when you really start seeing that increase in speed. But at the end of the day, you really want to look at what your competitors are doing. Because uh, a big part of, you know, SEO is, is, is looking at competition figuring out where they're being better than you and then you being better than that. So not saying that if all of your competitors sites are slow, you shouldn't focus on speed, <laughs> but you, you don't necessarily have to put it in the top of your priority. It, it, because there is some level of, of time and even dollar budget allocation that has to go into these thought processes on betterment. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my spiel on speed. Yeah, and you know, Jesse, I've seen in my in in my testing times where page speed can make uh, a a rank jump up to you know so far my biggest one jump was like twenty two levels, you know. Yeah, uh, which is yeah, a and I mean big difference. Then right? this is this is something that I've. 
coming from a graphic design background, I, I tend to have, and this is something Michelle and I have talked about for the years we've known each other, <laughs> uh, having a user-focused kind of experience in mind yeah. is, is hugely valuable to any SEO campaign. While Google has said, you know, uh, user data is not a direct uh, ranking factor, there has to be some level of user got to the page and got exactly what they were looking for. It was a clean experience. It's It, it was the droid they were looking for. <laughs> there has to be some level of consideration into that. I totally and agree. A, a, a fast or a, a, a decently fast page is going to serve a user better than a slow page. So there's some – it's – it's kind of hard to to really justify it because it's just it just makes sense. It's yeah. common sense. Yeah. Tough to achieve, but common sense. <laughs> and then- uh, does content play a role in getting to that? Okay, this this might be a little bit easier to achieve. I mean, for sure. Uh, if you 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 really have to look at intent. Um, this is something, and like I was kind of saying earlier, my experience has ranged all the way from local small mom and pop shops to now I'm at a you know a global company like IBM, and the conversation is the same back and forth. If the intent of the content doesn't match what you've produced, then it doesn't make sense. You're not going to rank for for what you're looking for or what you're trying to to get in front of your user base. So I mean. While it, it's it's kind of a cliche to say, quote, content is king, it kind of is. I mean, that's your basis. Yeah. That's what you need. And in my mind, the the perfect site is something with a strong technical foundation, excellent content that that makes sense for what that particular user demographic would be looking for. And plus the off-page signals. And then you, you've really got a winning combination that it's a matter of just, just tweaking from there, adding new things, testing new things. So I, I would absolutely say that content, especially relevant content, is key. Yeah, and I could touch on another subject, I mean, another situation where the opposite happened. Uh, a website put up a blog article where it didn't pertain to the business. It was just a mm-hmm. generic article. 23,000 clicks a month, but a bounce rate of 98%. And then because it wasn't pertinent to the business, you know, I obviously, I got rid of it. (laughs) They're Mm -hmm. like, why would you do that? But, um, you know, it it had no value. There was no value to that business. And that's probably one of the most dangerous things that's happened since, uh, since SEOs got wind of the phrase content is king is that now everyone's aware of how important content is, yeah. but no one, I don't, no one is a strong word. It, you don't hear necessarily the importance of relevant content is king Correct. or the absolute ruler. Cause so uh, I've been in a situation where I'm talking to a new business um, about, you know, doing SEO for them. And they say, well, how many blogs are you going to write? That's the wrong question. <laughs> That is completely the wrong question because it's all dependent on what we need to figure out what we need to write. Right. What do we need to address? What problem do we need to answer? Right. What 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 solution do we need to give to the user? It's not a matter of we need to crank out four blogs a, a, a week and we'll we'll be good to go. That's that's not key. Yeah. Uh, I've I've had websites that after working on them for five years have had somewhere in the ballpark of like 20 total blog posts and they absolutely dominated their industry because it was all relevant. Yeah. It wasn't fluffy crap. Yeah. The the world is dominated by fluffy crap. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, and it's, it's hard to sift through it all at this point. Well, um, Jess, isn't user experience and relevance where all of that kind of comes together. I, I think a lot about um, customer journey and that mm-hmm. the pieces of content that somebody would consume when they're trying to figure out, well, 
what is this problem I'm having? Mm-hmm. Is it, Am I having a symptom? Uh, and then working their way through, okay, now that I've identified the problem, how do I fix it? And finding exactly. the information that gives me the solution. So that's a wide variety of content. Yeah. Uh, I'm, and that you bring up a really interesting point. I Whenever I break down for a, you know, a content team, what, what we need to target moving forward, I always break it down by the kind of where it falls into that journey. Uh, and SEOs, we love our buyer's journey. Um, is, it, is it a part of awareness? Is it something where someone's really just kind of trying to get information on a broader topic? Sure. Um, or is it, is, is it consideration-based? Or they, they understand what's going on. They just need to figure out who to go with to solve their problem. Um, I think when you break up that content into those, those, you know, kind of journey based buckets, you're, you're having a better opportunity to spread yourself into a more efficient direction, uh, because you are in fact saying, you know, I, we need to, well, you know, we're hitting this place really well. We're, we're telling people what we, what we solve, what we can offer them but we're not telling them the why it's important that we solve this problem. Right. Um, and it, it, it can be a little tough to justify it because that type of content, that awareness content, especially for a business, especially for a small business, some people could feel like it might be giving away too much or it's not going to turn into sales, but that's why it falls in the awareness bucket because at the end of the day, if you answered a question efficiently, that's going to make someone then say, okay, well, I have this problem that I need solved and I know that they answered my question. Let me look into them first. Um, so it almost becomes like a PR exercise. Sure. But it's also, it's also, you know, it really depends on what your offering is, you know, you know, whether, For sure. whether, For sure. whether it be a product or a, a, a legal service or. Yeah. You're a plumber, you know, I think it, it really varies from place to place, you know? Yeah. And there, there are some verticals where that just, that methodology isn't necessarily going to work. It's, it's a good place to kind of look and get you started, Mm -hmm. but it can, it can be a little risky. Kind of like when you mentioned with legal services, you have to be careful with the kind of content that you put out for that type of thing, because you're it's very much a liability type of situation. Um, whereas being more direct in that consideration phase is probably closer to what you, your main bulk of content would be. Exactly. I've seen clients where they, they do a, they turn a landing page almost into an FAQ and they, it was mm-hmm. a legal service. And if you give them the answer they're looking for, they're not going to call you, you know, you've got to, yeah. yeah. you know what I'm exactly. saying? Exactly. It's, it's very much a push and pull right. in either direction. You, you have to figure out what's best for your user base. Right. And that kind of goes with almost every element of SEO. Uh, it's all about testing and figuring out what works for you and right. going with it. Mm-hmm. Well said. So let's talk a little bit about uh, how much time? What are we? Uh, we got four minutes before break or five minutes. Um, let's talk a little bit about schema. Now, I've. Ooh. Um, Ooh. Love me some schema. And well, before actually, let's wait till for schema till after the break. Let's talk about local okay. local signals when it comes to SEO on the technical side. For sure, for sure. Um, so I think one of the biggest things that I've seen um, in in my my years of doing this is that the the first big consideration, especially if you're working with something newer, mm-hmm. is to figure out what that strategic site structure looks like because it's really dependent on the business you have a couple of different directions you can go in so if you you're a single location business and you never plan to expand then really in my experience your homepage really becomes your main focus for for your your basic offering Mm -hmm. um you know let's say that you're a real estate agent in austin your homepage is probably going to be very much targeted to that and because you don't really plan to expand outwardly into either different cities or, you know, maybe even different areas of the town, that that's fine. That works. But once you start getting into multi-location type stuff, then your structure really becomes key. Oh, yeah. Because 
you know, you have to, you have to be able to target each thing efficiently and taking something from that, that first kind of structure that I mentioned and taking it into a multi-location type of thing is really difficult. Yeah. Uh, It can be done, but because of the work you've done and previously to maybe, you know, just that homepage, it's really tough to turn that into a broad focus and then silo that into location pages. Yeah. But you, um, you know, you see quite a bit where large corporations, they duplicate their websites for each mm-hmm. location and then, yep. Oh, what a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's horrible. I've always believed in having a single site so that you're, you have all of that equity sitting in one place Amen. and then, and then, you know, paging it out off of that for each location it gets its own page so that way you can target the broad stuff the very hyper local stuff and then let those two inform each other and help that authority building and and what would you say on page would be the most important aspect of local let's say citations for the page and, and and stuff like that so for me it's always come down to making sure that you have a a logical hierarchical structure that targets the location that you're going for yeah. or that you're you're targeting NAP, so that right. you know being the service area or even the specific physical location depending on the type of business you are sure. content to back that up that's relevant to the page itself and unique and then having those actual you know citation based signals there your 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 name address phone number signals yeah. having those marked up and then pointing to those even you know social channels that those are connected to so that it's it has what I like to kind of call the circle of authority um, that way you're you you're building up something that makes sense for the area you're targeting so that's kind of the the three that I really look for from an on-page perspective for a local business very good and you know you know one thing I want to share with the listeners too that I found has been highly highly effective and i learned actually learned this from doing schema but um when you're you know when you're listing in your content your location and you know your phone number and all this stuff is you know if you say you're let's just throw out a city akron ohio let's say you're in akron ohio so you take the a link to the akron ohio or akron name you link that to the wiki for Akron, Ohio, or the city uh, org page. Do you know what I'm saying? And then also linking uh, the state, so the wiki for the state. Actually linking to that, I've seen give huge signals to Google and in, in understanding where it's located. Interesting. I've never heard or thought of that. It It works. So- it, it so is. outwardly linking to the the wikis of the state and city. Yeah. So like if, huh? So if it's Akron, Ohio, you'd do Akron, and you would either go to the Akron City website page, mm-hmm. and then obviously you'd do a, a open in a new window. Um, yeah. And then it would uh, you do the same thing for the state, the state government website, and I tell you, two three weeks, it's ranking. <laughs> for that local area. Interesting. And, and what I, uh what what's your hypothesis on on why if I if I may? Well, with schema markup and we're going to get into this later, but with schema markup it you you do basically the same thing when you when you're def, defining a, a a geo area, you give mm-hmm. it you give it a target. You can say, "Okay, like if it's a legal service, you'll wiki the legal service in you'll use the wiki link to legal services to d- define what that is. So I was like, Hmm, I wonder if this would work with giving more signals for locality. And it did. I mean, it was, it was so obvious once I did it, Jesse, it was, it was crazy. That's really interesting, man. Yeah. Um, and, and it, and it didn't like, you know, the, it was down at the end of the bottom of the page where, you know, it listed out the cities, the multiple cities mm-hmm. for the locations because it had five locations and it worked for every single city. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. 
yeah, that's definitely something worth trying. And it's very subtle. It doesn't come across spammy or anything. It's, you know, it's, it just further defines that city. <laughs> Interesting. That's super cool. Yeah. All right. So uh, we've got, it's time for break, guys. What we're going to do when we get back, we're going to ask Jesse who influences the influencer, Jesse being the influencer, and who influences <laughs> you. <laughs> All right. So we'll be right back. Today's episode of Search Talk Live is sponsored by... Hey, this is Robert O'Haver, host and founder of Search Talk Live. I've been doing SEO for more than a decade, and I've tried a lot of SEO tools. I'm a solo SEO practitioner now, so I have to work fast and get results for my clients. Nothing helps me more than Ahrefs. Here's why I rely on Ahrefs. It has the fastest, most complete diagnosis of a page available. It's got the easiest way to determine the phrase to target and simple techniques to see the links your competitors have that you don't. They also have a super understandable way to track your progress. I can't take chances. I have to produce results for my clients. And there's nothing that helps my SEO efforts more than Ahrefs. Whether you are using another tool or you have never used an SEO tool before, you've got to try Ahrefs. And now's your best chance. A seven-day trial is only $7. You can't beat it. Try it today at hrefs.com. That's H-R-E-F-S.com. You get a seven-day trial for only $7. Grab it while you can. That's H-R-E-F-S.com. Hey, Robert. You're here early for the show. Yeah, I got a ton of SEO work done this morning, and I got it done way ahead of schedule. Couldn't have done it without Ahrefs. Yeah, so much easier than using multiple programs and having data in a bunch of different places. Plus, being able to see what is holding a page back from ranking in Ahrefs is so much faster than picking through each part myself. Oh, yeah, I agree. We use Ahrefs because it's so easy to teach people at our agency how to use it. Their YouTube tutorials couldn't be better. It's one thing to have a tool. It's another thing to know your team is using it to its full capacity. I don't think there's an easier, more complete tool than Ahrefs. Hey, Robert, why don't you hit them up to be a sponsor of the show? I am way ahead of you. Ahrefs, the official SEO tool of Search Talk Live. Try their new seven-day trial for only $7. Go to Ahrefs.com. That's Ahrefs.com. Get your questions in on Twitter. Type hashtag Search Talk Live and your question. Now back to the show. All right, we're back. So, Michelle, are you live tweeting like you used to? (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. So, Robert, when are you going to send me enough traffic to the hashtag that I can live tweet it? Oh, snap. Ooh, shots fired. All right. All right, yeah. This this podcast just got spicy. (laughs) What's that? I, I will say this just means that the audience is listening. They are very wrapped in their attention to what Jesse has to say about schema and local SEO. Yeah. <laughs> All right. One so, would hope. Yeah. So we got to get back to the show, guys. Um, <laughs> what we're going to ask you, Jesse, we want to know who uh-huh. influences you on social media. Who do you get your insider information from, so to speak, and, you know, who gives you your kind of keys and stuff for the industry? So I was telling somebody this the other day, because it was a, it was a very similar conversation. Um, in my time in this industry, I've had two people and I have several, I'm very fortunate to have a very large network of industry people that at this point have become like family to me, but there have been two throughout the entire career that have been you know, very inspirational to me as far as just wanting to be better um, in, in both a professional and even in some cases personal perspective. Uh, and they have been my go-tos consistently throughout my career. A would be Will Reynolds, um, hugely inspiring. Uh, if I'm having a bad day, popping up a, a either a podcast he's been on or a um, you know watching a video of a, a talk he's given mm-hmm. always always 
uh, throws out some excellent information. And as his career has progressed, he's given out a lot of excellent just business advice, how to be a better leader, um, how to run a business more efficiently. So definitely a very well-rounded source of information and is very vocal on, on social media platforms. The second uh, would be Greg Gifford, um, become a very good friend of mine, um, very much a, a force within the, the local SEO space, um, and is always willing to share that knowledge outwardly. So, I mean, there have been several instances where, you know, either on social or, you know, I'm, I'm very fortunate to be able to just call him up and, and throw, throw something out at him and say, like, have you seen this? What, what are your thoughts? And he'll usually have a suggestion. So for, for my money, Will Reynolds and Greg Gifford are, are the two that I always look to, to for, for inspiration and, and some level of influence in my life. Nice. So uh, you're going to leave out Keith? <laughs> Keith influences my day-to-day as I sit right across from him. <laughs> Influential on a very granular scale. <laughs> That's great. All right, now let's get into some schema. All right. So uh, during the break, we were talking a little bit about the schema. Um, and... I think well, I'd like to get your. Let me hear your feedback on it. Mm-hmm. On on your your suggestion? No, 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 no. On, on just schema, schema in, in general. general. Using schema in general, yes. I think schema is one of those insanely underutilized things. Uh, you'll notice that if you go to a talk by anyone that works at Google, be it a keynote or one-off, anything like that. If they're talking about organic search, so something very SEO related, yeah. more than likely they're going to bring up markup data, schema mm-hmm. markup. Yeah. Be it either through, you know, schema.org markup or, you know, something like JSON LD or JSON, whatever anyone wants to call it. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that right there should tell you that it's in- incredibly important. So, for my, you know, local strategies, it's always been a key factor. Um, I, it's it's one of those. It's it's almost shocking. Um, if you, I've given a couple of talks before, where having one of those, you know, ask the audience type situations, like, "Hey, how many in here use schema markup or any form of markup data on their pages?" And you'll be shocked to see how many people do not raise their hands. Yeah, because it's such an easy win. I mean. You're you're basically giving the search engine direct knowledge on what you're what you're giving them, what you're offering them with your page. So, at the very least, making sure that your your base information, like your name, address, phone number, uh, yeah. NAP, if if you haven't heard it referred to that way, because I'll probably call it NAP at some point. Uh, so your NAP information being marked up is a huge signal to Google because a big part of your off off-page citation um, or link building should start with a citation campaign to some degree. Sure. Um, and those two things working in tandem really help with the building of authority to your business and the area that you're targeting. So if you don't really have the actual markup of your business information, you've missed a very huge opportunity for, for improvement overall. Um, then at that, you kind of adding on to what I was talking about earlier of what I, I call the circle of authority, um, you can also denote at, or notate, I should say, the, the social platforms that you utilize. Yeah. Those also can help build authority. While they're not a direct ranking signal, um, they, they help build relevance and authority especially if you're active on those platforms. Um, And as far as being active on those platforms, Michelle would be your go-to for that. (laughs) Um, um, But I mean, those things are are hugely crucial. Um, So it's it's definitely something that when building a page, especially after, you know, having considered overall structure of a site that 
I think needs needs to have a large focus and attention. And I, Robert, I would believe you would agree with that. Oh, absolutely, a hundred percent. You know, you know, I I tell clients it's kind of funny. My analogies are terrible, but I say that <laughs> schema to websites is like spinach for Popeye. It, it's just like it beefs it up. Okay. It gives. <laughs> I know it's bad. Okay, right? I like it. That's um, good. But but I I think that there's a there's there's a distinct opportunity for people to go above their client or their their clients their competitors <laughs> yeah, because exactly. they're it is highly highly technical unless you're using some kind of a plugin but uh, I'll go there in a minute but it it's it's a technical skill that you if as an SEO you need to learn because absolutely the deeper you go with it and one thing i found it i i originally started using a plugin i'm not going to lie but um if you use i i don't want to name the companies that i don't want to sound like i'm trying to promote them but um schema if the if you go that extra mile for example if you have multiple locations you can tell in schema you can say okay the relationship between the headquarters and this location are connected so like you can really go down deep into it and and let google understand that hey even though they're in in Cleveland or they're in Orlando, their their companies are tied together. So <clears> the <throat> offering is kind of cohesive to all locations. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. The deeper you go with it and the more you learn about it and the more you and there's more stuff coming out every month or not well almost every month, but um new things you can add to the schema to make it even better. Mm-hmm. Um I I tell you, I I harp on this about every show, but you have to, if you're an SEO, you need to get into schema because you're going to get a a huge leg up on your competition. Well, and it it can be such a daunting thing too, but at the end of the day, because we are an industry who competes with each other, but love to give each other things, Mm -hmm. uh, there have been several great resources created to help build that foundational schema. Uh, For example, Joe Hall, has a fantastic schema or Jason LD generator. So you go there, you choose what kind you're trying to build, plug in your information and it'll write the code for you. So then you can plug it into the specific page that you're looking for. So if you're not trying to utilize a a plugin so heavily, you you can go that route and then that'll give you the kind of base knowledge and information to start building off of that. And what I would suggest for anyone who isn't used to utilizing schema or something like Jason LD is that whenever you're writing your code before pushing it live, validate it. Go to the Google structured markup tool and that one structured data markup tool, something like that. uh, And, and plug it in and make sure that it validates so that you can get it correct. Because if you don't, you're, you're pretty much wasting your opportunity still. It's not going to, have the full impact for sure kind of like you know what i was saying earlier about a, a internal link that that redirects while it it'll work it's not efficient it's not giving you the full benefit of having that that link or in this case the the markup code on your page i've actually when i first got into schema i actually got a message from google saying they were going to penalize my site because i did it wrong <laughs> Did it a little too much. Oh, yeah, yeah. So That's a thing, too. And it wasn't intentional. It was just, you know, instead of putting it in certain places, I put on every page or, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, it was. uh, So I removed it and, you know, started from scratch. But it was just a learning phase for me. I've run into something similar. Uh, My my wife has an e-commerce store. And the theme that she was using was automatically generating schema markup for her products. Wow. But it was doing it in a way that was really spammy. So she actually got a manual penalty from it or Mm. a manual action from it like three years ago and had to go through the entire reconsideration process and working with the developer of the theme itself, so WordPress, to have it completely rewritten so that this wouldn't happen anymore. So there you go. Be very careful, even when picking a theme, because little details can make a huge impact. Yeah, and back back to one thing I want to reiterate on is back to plugins. When it comes to plugins, you really need to be a minimalist. 
Mm-hmm. You you know, if it's something you can either code yourself or or do yourself, don't use a plugin. It's not like an app. There's not a, it's not like there's an app for that. It's yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Less I, is more. Yeah, and and every time you install an app, I would do a speed test on your site using, you know, maybe mm-hmm. Google or something. But uh, do one before and one after exactly. so that you have your benchmark. Exactly. I've had situations where like uh you know, someone added a, a, e- a opt-in email list, slowed the mm-hmm. site down by two seconds. So that went away <laughs> <laughs> because it was a highly competitive. And I've seen where just one or two seconds, it slows it down and, and it starts to drop in rank. Yeah, so, for sure. So, yeah. But anyway, Michelle, you got something? So, Jesse, I, mm-hmm. I do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. on, on along this schema line. Mm-hmm. Because happen to know one of the things that you can use schema to markup is reviews. Oh. Um, would you oh, like yeah. to address the the schema review and um, local authority that all of that good good stuff gives you? For sure. So, especially in in the local space, reviews have been a huge thing for many years. Um. Because in kind of like what we were talking about earlier uh, from from a content perspective of having that that common sense relevant content, uh, your user also wants to know how other people have have dealt with your business, what they think of you. So you want to make sure to highlight those things appropriately. Um, while yes, it's good to you know get reviews on on GMB. Uh, on Yelp or even Facebook, because those things send good signals to Google. It's also good to get that information on your site itself. So giving your customers the opportunity to leave a review directly to your site um, so that you can then put it on your site and put that markup code around it is a fantastic opportunity that can really help uh, with overall, you know, local presence because then you're also giving yourself the opportunity to stand out a little bit more in the actual search result itself. Uh, in some instances you can start seeing, uh, the actual stars themselves showing up on your, your results within Google. So let's say that you are a a business, you know, around town that, that is doing this, but none of your competitors are, when your audience is looking for your services and find you and see that that one thing that no one else is doing, you have a real opportunity to stand out and more than likely will get, you know, a bit more visits from that. It was kind of like the same idea behind the authorship photo back in the day, uh, while it was kind of meant to help stand out and give a little bit more of a, a visual appeal to listings um, or results. It's kind of the same idea, but the key is to let the reviews be honest. Yeah. So you'll have a tendency to say, oh, I'm only going to show all my five-star reviews, not the direction you want to go in, because you have an opportunity for, for a line of communication there. Um, one of my biggest analogies over the years regarding the importance of genuine reviews is is one related to um, when I was I was looking to to get a tattoo around town and was looking into uh, an artist that I ended up going with eventually, but had a had some really good reviews and a couple of not so good ones. Um, you know, someone just didn't have the experience they were looking for. But the the artists themselves got onto those reviews and you know kind of said their piece, you know, I'm sorry that you had this, this sort of experience. Uh, I, the way I remember it is I warned you against this one thing or, you know, we, we discussed this, but you wanted to go this direction. And at the end of the day, it is your, your decision. So we went with it, but I would, you know, I would love to help make this right in any way possible. And that made a big impact on me sure. because it's someone that cares about making themselves better. So you have that opportunity to have that sort of conversation, like an indirect conversation almost, to inform people that you want to give the best service possible and you're always looking to learn and grow. Because none of us are perfect, even tattoo artists. I've had someone giving me a tattoo that said whoops one time. (laughs) No one's perfect. 
Um, Not the thing you want to hear in a tattooed chair at all. That, that is what I pointed out. Uh, <laughs> he giggled and kept going. Um, so if you find me at a conference, I'll show you which one, and I'll show you exactly where the whoops is. It's not that <laughs> big of a deal, but it's still pretty funny. Um, so, I mean, doing the same thing on, on your site, putting those reviews on on there that show an honest perspective of what your business has, you know, has, has gotten from, from your, your customer base and having that markup code really helps drive that signal home to Google or search engines, let's say it blanketly. Yeah. Okay. So something that I've noticed is, yeah, the, the normal search engine result can sometimes show um, the stars in aggregate mm-hmm. of reviews, but I also spot them in map results. Are is it the same thing that's getting pulled in both places, or or is there some some more technical stuff going on? So, yes and no. <laughs> yeah, yes and no. Uh, they both kind of help inform each other. Um, I've been out of the very direct local SEO game for about a year now so that could have changed but in my previous experience um it it was very much that they informed each other you didn't want to focus on one more than the other having your reviews on page with them marked up was part one of the equation sending people to you know review you on yelp and google and you know all those things depending on your your business was the second part of the equation so they, they kind of go hand in hand, um, and then Google takes all of that information and, and moves forward. The map listing itself, little more driven by, you know, GMB reviews than anything. Yeah, but what's what's most important, too, is that when the, the reviews have to be seen on the page in order for Google to show them. So, like, mm-hmm. if it's not on the page... And it's showing, I guess they're lucky, but <laughs> it's supposed to be showing on the page that the that snippet is on. Yeah. And the, the key is that they're unique to the site. Right. So one tactic that used to be a thing several years ago, uh, which has now been, uh, I guess you would say outlawed, uh, would be pulling like your GMB reviews onto your site and marking those up. That's a huge no-no now. Um, they the documentation has been released that says that that could actually result in a devaluation or penalty. Wow. Um, so you want them to be unique to to one hundred percent where they are. If people are reviewing you on Google, great, leave them there. Um, so if you want more reviews on your site, then you kind of need to point them in that direction more than towards the Google side of things. That's good advice. I didn't know that. Yeah, I think it came out on the uh, the Webmaster blog a couple of years ago where they were saying marking up um, uh, reviews from third-party sites on your site uh, was a big no-no. Hmm. So if you're doing that, clean up. <laughs> you can put them on there, just don't mark them up. Yeah, um, you can pretty much mark anything up with schema. You can do images, videos, mm-hmm. email addresses. Uh, and Michelle, I actually learned from you, I believe, last year at Rocks Digital. Uh, you were talking about um, uh, schema for, for voice snippets. Oh, yeah. Right. So for those of you that are unaware, there is a schema markup called Speakable that you can highlight lines of text that you want verbally read out. It helps with both um, compliance, so making sure that your site is user-friendly for anybody that might be visually impaired. It's important for that. It's also important for voice search. So when the Google Assistant or Cortana or Siri or any number of things is looking for the information to verbally read out to you based on your query that markup enables the voice assistant to go ahead and go, Oh, this is the thing. So let's say that you're writing content for your local site. That's more of that top of the funnel kind of buyer journey type thing. So if you're a roofer, you're talking about, you know, what are the different types of shingles you have an opportunity within that 
to mark up certain, you know, sections that are answering those questions with that, that speakable sort of answer so that if someone for some reason was going to Alexa to ask that question, you would have a better chance of being that answer. Yeah. And and you, I mean, you, you see a lot too, where people ask for a bowling alley near me and those Mm -hmm. typical local search inquiries. Those, a lot of those are done, you know, verbally speaking. Yeah. And it's, it's so much better now back in the day you actually had to mark up your pages as like <laughs> bowling alley near me. <laughs> yeah. Now that is just not the case. So that is one section of Google getting smarter that really has benefited local search. Sure. <laughs> Certainly. Well, think about it. Anything that's directional where I'm going to get in my car and go to it, I'm likely using a verbal search so that I could actually control the car and get the navigation I need to get where I'm going. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Yeah. All right. Let's just see. We got about four minutes left in the show. Uh, now, what I'd like to get from you, Jesse, is mm-hmm. the most important advice you'd like to give and it has to stay short because it's a tattoo it's a search talk live tattoo short short and sweet so what would would your advice be are you asking me to get one or (laughs) (laughs) you can get it if you like i you know (laughs) my so my advice if you and this is just kind of my golden rule. And if you wanted to tattoo it, fantastic. Is it whoa? Uh, whoa? <laughs> what was oh, it? The tattoos? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't remember. No, uh, yeah. no. I would say just be smart. Just think about it. If you were doing, if you were looking for this thing that you're marking up or that you're trying to get ranked better, what experience would you want to see? So just yeah. be smart about it. Yeah. That is my Number one SEO advice every day of the week. Gotcha. Well, Jesse, I want to thank you for being on the show. What is this? It's almost like SNL where you you get a certain amount of. uh... (laughs) 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 But what is this like? Number four, number five? This one's actually, I think, number three. It might be number four. Yeah, yeah. We've had you on. It's been that many that we just don't remember. Yeah, well, I mean, it's well, we've been I've been doing this for four years now. Yeah, yeah it's, it's crazy. Wow, congrats, good for you. That's awesome. Thanks. Yeah, but uh, if people want to get reach you, you're actually Jesse SEO Geek on Twitter. On right? everything, on literally everything. Oh, that makes it easy. And uh, Michelle, you're M Stinson Ross on Twitter. Yes, on Twitter, or. Honestly, just Google Michelle Stinson Ross. You will find all of the things. And then she's got, she's got this speakable <laughs> markup that says, is awesome, <laughs> is the bomb. <laughs> my, my speakable markup reads chapters from the book I'm currently working on on my own website. <laughs> nice, nice. So you're doing the Mueller report? <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> that would be funny. Uh, anyway, uh, thank you, Michelle, for being on the show. And again, last minute. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know why I keep hey, doing this. I'm, I'm, I'm here for you, Robert. You know that. You're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jesse, uh, if someone wants to reach you other than social media, like, do you have a website or anything? Uh, don't go to that. <laughs> uh, it's currently broken. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> work in progress, so don't go there. Typical uh, SEO guy. They don't, yes, they don't SEO yeah, their own 100%. sites. Uh, <laughs> My, my post-work time is very much more devoted to the Spider-Man PlayStation game than it is my website. Nice. Um, yeah, I would say social media is the best bet. And if you see me at a conference, A, come to my session. B, don't don't be afraid to, to approach. Always happy to, to chat. Do you have those dates handy for people? Not, I would tell you the wrong dates for sure. <laughs> uh, not off the top of my head. All right. But pubcon.com will have it on their stateofsearch.org, I believe. Yes. All right. Well, tell, tell everybody at IBM I said hi, and uh, you know, the, the Keith and everyone else. And <laughs> you know, I will. Uh, and congratulations on the new position. That's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you so much. 
Yeah. Uh, remember the little people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the one driving a Tesla. Oh, snap. <laughs> so, Michelle, you have anything you want to add? No, that covers it for today. Robert, do All you right. know who we're talking to next week? We are not next week. I'm going to be at a con- uh, not a conference. Uh, I'm going to be meeting with a client next week. Uh, so there will not be a show next week. Um, I'm glad you mentioned that because I did forget to, to uh, point that out. But we will be back the following week uh, with bells on. Who it is, I don't know quite yet, but <laughs> but they will have bells on. Yes, yes. <laughs> All right, guys, thanks for listening to the show. I'll see you in two weeks. Bye bye. Search Talk Live is sponsored by the Robert Palmer family of companies. If you have questions for Search Talk Live or you're interested in being a guest or a sponsor of the show, email Robert at searchtalklive.com. That's searchtalklive.com.